high school graduation is like a major like civic rite of passage. This degree is kind of a change in status for you. Like there will be there will be forms where you have to check a box. High school graduate. Like it's it's that big of a deal. Plus you've proven to um, your community, especially to your church, that you know how to finish something that you started and follow through to the end. And um, for the rest of your life, people will ask you if you were able to do this, and you're going to be able to say, I did. I'm a high school graduate. And that comes along with it certain rights and privileges that actually count in our world, because we say they count. And so as a church, we want to say this morning, we're really proud of you. Um, so it's a civic rite of passage, but in a deeper sense for us, it's also a spiritual rite of passage. Um, we recognize that you're kind of moving from being students in our church to being adults in our congregation. And we see you guys. We've watched all the hard work that you put in. Um, we've seen you struggle to keep faith, and, and we're saying there's, there's a sense in which You've proven yourself to us, and you don't have anything else to prove. We believe in you. We trust you. And um, we just now want you to be, to be part of us. Up to now, it's kind of weird. Um, like, you have to go to church. Like, your parents almost make you for the most part. Um, but now more and more, we recognize it's going to be your choice. And with that, we recognize we're kind of dependent on you in a weird way. Um, there's a sense in which the future of Redemption Church and just the church in general is, is dependent upon the choices you're going to make here in the next few months and years. And every week you've come here to Redemption Church, and we pray, we've prayed this um, blessing over you. We say, may you never know a single moment that you don't feel part of the people of God. And we prayed that every week because we knew this day would come. This day would come when, when you'd have to decide for yourself if you want to keep living in faithfulness to the church the way you have to your school and your studies and your teachers and all that. And, and we blessed you each day with those words because we know how much is riding on um, what happens with you in your life in, in relationship to God and the church over the next few years. Um, it's kind of weird. Almost with every new generation, the church has to be sort of reborn. And somebody, I mean, for us old guys, somebody's going to have to lead the church when we're gone. And we kind of look to you and say, we think you can do it. You have what it takes. We believe in you. And so my charge to you as graduates, just in the short run, is wherever you land in your life over the next few years, we want you to find a church and join in and Make it, make it beautiful. And if that's us, that's great. Stay here with us. If you end up going off to school or, to, or for work or something, find a church and, and just join in the way you have around here and sustain it through your presence and your faithfulness. And part of why we take a whole morning on Sunday morning for graduation is that we want to, to make it just really clear for you guys as a church that we're inviting you into our common life as, as adults and we want you to be here. And it's kind of a new stage in your Christian life. And the stakes are even higher. And, and we're just confessing to you as a congregation, we need you. 
and we need you to continue to love and serve the church. So graduates, we are proud of each of you. Your lives have been a blessing to Redemption Church. We can't wait to see where God takes you from here. And um, to keep us going, I'm going to invite our youth pastor, Cole McGee, to come forward. Let's give it up for Cole. I'm going to make our sound people a little annoyed. I'm going to use this mic. I'm sorry. I need both hands. Because I want Blake to analyze this behavior. What's that? Yeah. I'm just realizing this is on YouTube, and that'll be immortalized forever. Okay. Uh, good morning. I am the youth pastor. My name is Cole, and I get to perform our graduation ceremony. And every year, uh, we talk about this. The graduation ceremony is a rite of passage uh, for all of our children here at Redemption. You seniors are moving from the youth ministry at Redemption into full participation in what it means to be the people of God. So what do I mean by all that? Uh, you notice I didn't say that today you are, you are becoming the people of God, as if yesterday you were not, and today you are. I'm not saying that. As Bonhoeffer said, when he reflects on young people in the church, you hold no unique standing in this community. You are equal members of the church. Bonhoeffer reminds us that there is Nothing that you are going through that these adults aren't also going through right now. And I mean that. There is a 65-year-old somewhere in this church working through the same struggles and yearnings you have had over the last 18 years. They may, they may take different forms. They might use other words. But there is a 65-year-old. There is a 40-year-old professional. There is a 32-year-old stay-at-home parent that is listening to me talk right now that at some point over the last week thought to themselves, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Do I actually believe in God? Is my relationship with the person I love going to make it? Will I ever heal from these wounds? What am I good at? Do people like me? Where do I belong? And this is the thing. You all have always been the people of God because you are human just like us. You are wounded just like us. You struggle just like us. You are following Jesus and learning how to love just like us. And this morning, this rite of passage is an announcement to the congregation that these students are ready for full participation as the people of God. This is almost less about them and more of an announcement to you. These students are prepared. And I'm here to tell you that they have something to say to us. They have an experience to share with us. They have a story to tell. They have something that God is bringing into the world through them. Throughout my speeches for these students, I will call this a spiritual gift. My job this morning is to introduce each student to the congregation and then name what I see God bringing into the world through them. And this gift that God has given you is yours to share with the people of God. So we're going to go one by one which is why we started early. We're going to go one by one, and as I call your name, step up to the middle right here, and after you come to the center, I will give you a glimpse into each of these students, and then I will name a spiritual gift in them. And after that, one, their adult small group leader will come up, they will give you a gift, give you a hug, and you'll pass over to this side and have a seat, symbolically saying they're ready for full participation as the people of God. Okay. Are we ready? All right, cool. First up, Soli Gento. 
Soliginso is creative, not as, not as quiet as you think. A thinker, she's sensitive, she's responsible, and she is burdened with glorious purpose. <laughs> Soli just like tries things. She just does stuff. She joins clubs, she runs for class president, she tries out for all sorts of sports and activities. And this is actually kind of in contrast to my experience of, of Soli. At youth group, she often kind of fades into the background a bit, choosing to be one of the group rather than eat up too much space in the room. And I thought it was like nervousness or something, uh, but I realized actually Soli's taking notes. She's, she's taking notes on you. Since seventh grade, I will, I will be like teaching and teaching and teaching and trying to get the students to get what I'm talking about. And then out of the corner comes a question so brilliant, so insightful, so subversive that I'm often kind of left spinning for about five minutes trying to answer Soli's question. But, and then I'm also trying to get her to know that I acknowledge that it's a, it's a, it's a different level of question. Um, but I noticed that as she got a little older in youth group, so we got a little more quiet. Uh, I remember sitting out in the parking lot during COVID and asking you how you were doing. And you probably don't know why I sat on the curb uh, beside you and talked to you that night. But I remember feeling as though you had kind of retreated a little bit. And you were working through a lot internally. And the little curious kid wasn't around as much. But this is why I name in you, Sully, the gift of leadership. So you've been a leader since the day I met you. And there's nothing you can do. People follow you. You're cursed. You desire to find belonging, and your hope for everyone to feel included is forever going to drive you into positions where you will have your hand on the levers of power. And I know that over the last few years, you have been in great internal conflict over this sense of responsibility, alongside the realization that if leadership goes wrong, it can hurt. So I'm here to tell you that I trust you. The gift of leadership does come with the potential to do damage, but it also comes with the capacity to help heal. And those two realities are inescapable. But you're exactly the person I would trust to, to, to lead whatever you desire to give your life to. I trust you because I know you, and I know you understand more than most leaders the truth of what leadership is. Your story has given you the character and virtues necessary to be the kind of person who leads well. Soli, we love you and we're proud of you. Isaac Peterson. All right. Okay, to say that Isaac is quiet is, is a little too reductive. Um, Isaac just doesn't really like to talk very much. He doesn't need to. I've never seen someone who can express more through his facial expressions than Isaac Peterson. I've never had a student like Isaac in all of my years in youth group. He is truly special and, you, and a unique kid that I will always remember. Isaac is a kind of a legend in youth group. Whenever we're playing games uh, and Isaac is up or whatever Isaac has done to be, or whenever he's kind of the center of attention, the kids will spontaneously start chanting his name. Uh, he is, he's, and he's done all of this without really saying a word. Unfortunately, though, I realize that Isaac isn't actually that quiet. One night, a youth group, Isaac and his friends asked to use the church for Isaac's birthday party. Uh, Chris, his friend, was an intern, and with being an intern comes some special privileges about using the building. And so I said, yeah, just clean up, lock up, be respectful. And it was late one night, 
and I had forgotten that Isaac's birthday party was that night, and I got a, I got a notification that someone was in the building pretty late. And I quickly quick, clicked the notification and pulled up the cameras in the church and to see teenage boys running around the building, throwing things at each other, laughing, hiding, ducking, running. And so I clicked on the speaker to listen in just to see how it was going. And it was then I heard Isaac talking up a storm, yelling at his friends. There was never, there's never been a gift that I have given with such ease. Isaac, I name in you the gift of encouragement. A lot of people think that in order to encourage someone, you have to say a bunch of stuff to them. And this is, this is obviously not true. Isaac is encouragement. His very presence, his facial expressions, his demeanor, his way of being in the room just fills you with so much joy. I love this guy. He's the kindest human being I've ever had in youth group. And when you spend time with him, when you play games with him, when you go on hikes with him, you don't, you don't hear it. He doesn't tell you a bunch of stuff. You feel it. God is bringing encouragement into the world through you, Isaac. Thank you. Isaac, we love you, and we're proud of you. Ruben. Ruben Pino Martinez. Ruben is one of a kind. I've never met a student like Ruben before. Uh, he started coming to youth group when he was quite young. Before that, uh, you, he went to Via de Esperanza, the, the Hispanic church that used to meet here after our service. He was small. He was this kind of chunky kid, but he liked to talk. He liked to talk. And he had some bizarre stuff to tell me. <laughs> I named my conversations with Ruben as Planet Reuben. You just never knew where you were going. You didn't know what you were going to be talking about. When he would talk to his friends, he would, they would laugh. They would just laugh about things that I had no idea what they were talking about at, at all. But Reuben is fun, but the thing about him that you need to know is you can say, hey Reuben, want to go to the post office? And he's like, sure. Since Reuben has been coming around Redemption, I actually feel bad for, for him. The amount of times he was here early for some reason or another <laughs> caused me to always ask him to move that table, to move that chair, to go set that up. And Reuben was always, like, not only willing, but truly loved to help. His infectious joy in serving is why I name in you the gift of service. Reuben, I can see in you this deep desire to belong, to be a part of a team, to help people. However, the temptation is to believe that service is how you belong. That work is how you belong. And I need you to hear me closely. You belong with us. You belong here. You're one of us. You will always be that. And I hope you know that deep down. However, I pray you never lose the desire and joy you get from serving. Just be careful about this tricky little lie that can creep in to those who have your gift. You don't belong here because you work hard and because you serve. You work hard and you serve because you belong here. And so as you move into this new phase of your life, I pray you get after it, man. I'm so excited to see what God has in store for you. Reuben, we love you and we're proud of you. Bruce. 
this is Bruce Taylor. Uh, Bruce came to youth group only a few years ago. And much like Reuben, uh, Bruce would often come early to youth group and he would get, uh, you know, roped into moving things for me. So sorry, Bruce. It was during these times of work, I would often talk to Bruce. But I often had this strange feeling as I was hanging out with Bruce. Well, like, I guess I'd say I had this desire to get Bruce to think I was funny. And I don't know why. I don't know why, but I noticed this. Bruce never laughs at me. <laughs> it's, it's like he's holding it back. He just doesn't do it. And when you do youth ministry for as long as I have, you learn quickly to stop trying to impress the students. Like, don't impress them. They can tell you're faking it, and it eventually gets really cringy. However, Bruce was a tough laugh. Like, it, you, you, I couldn't get it to happen. Um, so I would often, like, try really hard. And one time it got so bad, I was like, Bruce, do you think I'm funny? And he was like, yeah, I mean, you aren't the most unfunny person. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, Bruce was always like, I don't know about all this God stuff. He was never belligerent or disrespectful. Rather, he had this fascinating way of being honest and being true and being open in small group time. He has no problem talking about his perspective and wrestling with these deep concepts, concepts we were discussing. And Bruce, this is why I name in you the gift of miracles. A miracle is an unrepeatable and unexplainable event. So let me narrate this for you. I'm always trying to get students who think they know God to open up and let themselves be known. And you walked into youth group and began by telling the truth about your life right away. You just started sharing yourself with your youth community. And I think this is amazing. You didn't have to share your life with us, and you didn't have to keep showing up week after week. And I pray you know how much you are loved by these leaders and these students and by me, and hopefully and eventually by this church. And I pray that you know that wherever you end up, your handprint will always be on our wall. Bruce, we love you, and we're proud of you. Chris Brush. All right. Chris, I have been looking forward to this graduation talk for a long time because you've been in the youth group for, a, it seems like, a long time. Uh, this is my opportunity to confess and apologize to you. You walked into youth group in seventh grade and announced your presence to the room by quoting word for word Pokemon Red on Game Boy, like the subtitles <laughs> at the bottom of the game you would just start randomly quoting the game. And for a long time, you're like a weed eater. I could just be like, hey, Chris, do the Pokemon thing. And you're, boom, off you go.
constantly remind me that evangelism is being a presence for the love of God to be experienced. And through you, so many of your friends have felt belonging, connection, hope, and love. Some might say God. Chris, never lose this way of communicating the love of God. You really are fantastic at just being hope for your friends. Chris, we love you. We're proud of you. Avery Erickson. All right. Avery might be quiet, but she is savage. She's, she's classy, she's bougie, she's sassy, she's sometimes moody. What's happening? Okay, you're probably, she's like, Cole, this is so cringy. You're probably wondering, why is Cole talking like this? Or maybe you're wondering, I think I've heard those lyrics before. And it's because I found out the most hilarious fact about this quiet and unassuming senior. Avery Erickson loves hardcore rap. <laughs> Avery, if you gave me a year to guess what kind of music you'd like, I would never guess that. Avery is all sorts of things, but there is one commonality between all of the things that Avery is. She doesn't want you to know it at all. I'm going to get the details, I'm, I'm going to get the details wrong on this, um, and Avery's going to want to correct me, so forgive me. I'm just generally trying to make a point. Uh, but I think the story encapsulates Avery so well. Avery wins this award for her big senior science project. And I'm like, oh, good. That's, that. Then I hear that she has, has to go to Union Station to receive the award. And I think, seems like a big deal. <laughs> uh, then I hear it's a massive award, and it's not just some school award. It's like a big deal science project award. And so I pause and I think, wait, how smart is Avery? <laughs> So we have our intern meeting, and I ask her this question, and she shrugs off the award and says, yeah, like, I won the award, but only like five people competed in it. And this is Avery, right? So I, re I, re I repeat to you now what I said then. No, Avery, five people tried to win the award. There were thousands of students who didn't even try. <laughs> you tried, and you did it. But this is Avery. She finds these little niches where people don't seem to be looking, or problems that most people get anxious about and turn the channel, and she nonchalantly and quietly gets to work. She's going into environmental sciences. Climate and the planet is a big deal to her. But you're, you aren't going to know. She's just going to work. Avery, this is why I name you the gift of prophecy. I told my wife that you like rap and some of the artists you like, and Valerie said, hmm, there's an edge there. <laughs> and there is an edge there, and I love that. You have this combination of mental horsepower and a nose for small but significant problems and an inner fire that blasts rap on the way home from church. <laughs> Avery, you're a prophet, and you don't know it. Maybe not with your words, but you are with your life. And so I pray that you would lean into this gift and get to work reconciling our world to wholeness. Avery, Avery we love you, and we're proud of you. Johnny McKean. All right. So Johnny came to us out of the blue. He shows up one day. He walks into youth group and is like, 
yep, this is the place for me, <laughs> and has rarely missed a Wednesday night. Um, some kids struggle to make friends, and they think there's something wrong with them. But in reality, they can't see it. But as adults, we are like, look, you're going to be fine. You're going to flourish as soon as you just get out of high school. <laughs> some kids, you want to say, hey, enjoy it now, baby, because you're peaking in the moment. But, uh, <laughs> but Johnny, Johnny, your best days are ahead of you, my guy. Uh, Johnny has always worked really hard to make friends. And I have always admired how hard he has worked and how he has never given up trying to put himself out there and build relationships. And Johnny knows Johnny knows what relationships are and what they mean. Johnny, this is why I name in you the gift of administration. Hear me out. Johnny was a senior intern, and I always do this challenge where I give the interns a senior event to plan. It's their event, and I'll tell them in September, you need to come up with, plan, and execute an event by the end of the school year. And I have never had a group of senior interns ever get past the pick an event stage. <laughs> I mean, I'm right. Yeah, exactly. There's not ever been one. They can never get themselves organized enough to even have a conversation about what the event it should even be. This year was the closest I've ever seen a senior group of interns get <laughs> to pulling off the event, and it was because of Johnny. Johnny was always texting the intern group thread reminders and ideas. He was always trying to pull everyone in to discuss what the event should be. He would think about it when he wasn't at church. And I thought, why is he doing this? What is happening with Johnny that he is the one intern in eight years that has taken initiative here and it hit me? He understands what these events are. For Johnny, youth group events weren't just stimulating and fun. For Johnny, youth group events weren't just stuff you did when you didn't have anything else going on in your life. For Johnny, youth group events were vehicles for building the people of God into a community to learn how to love each other. And I'm not saying the other kids over the last eight years didn't care about that. But for Johnny, there was a wounding in him that he was transforming into action outward into the world. Johnny was healing himself by making sure other kids felt connected. This was personal to him. Johnny, the gift of administration is the kind of gift you need to be an elder at a church, a community organizer, a representative, a principal. We don't need elders and leaders in the church who just enjoy it. We need elders and leaders who know what friendship means, who knows what an event actually is, and you do. Johnny, we love you, and we are proud of you. Delaney Schinzel. <laughs> Delaney is an unbelievable kid. Uh, let me give you one sentence to prove my point. If I was working on something at Redemption, and, and I was thinking, or I was thinking through a problem, or I don't know, reorganizing a storage closet, uh, Delaney would be the first person I would call to help me. I mean that, actually. Not any of you. <laughs> I'd call her. You don't pick up. She does. <laughs> Delaney would often come to do homework or just sit at the conference table in the office area outside my office right after school. And just by being around the building, I would often come out of my office and I'd say, hey, Delaney, I'm working on something. Can I run this by you? And she would say, sure. And then she would give me ideas, constructive criticism, 
action items. She would intuit not only what needed to be done, but sensed how it should be done. She would read what I wanted and how I wanted it done and, and then do it. And after I explained a few instructions, I would never have to tell her how to do something again. Delaney would show up sometimes 30 minutes early to her responsibilities to make sure the start time was actually the start time. And she, she wouldn't leave until everything was good and settled. And it, it's not fair to her, but I made Delaney do all the hard projects as the intern because I trust her. And so here's my proposal to you, Delaney. Um, you, you think some of this behavior, and, and you have said it to me, comes from some anxiousness. And it might be, but I think this thing you call anxiety is actually a reservoir of pent-up energy that wants you to lead. And Delaney, this is why I name in you the gift of leadership. You are the best kind of leader because you don't really think about it very much. It just happens to you. It's what God is bringing into the world through you. It's an energy in you that is going to push you to lead until you finally do. Delaney, thank you for your help this year, and we, can't, we cannot wait to see the kinds of things you will lead in the future. Delaney, we love you and we're proud of you. Riley Stevenson. <laughs> Riley, I've never given this gift before, but the gift I'm about to give you is, it is a unique one, but more on that in a second. Riley showed up at Redemption and started volunteering in the preschool area. Yes, you heard that right. She walked into Redemption as a high school student, barely a high school student, and started volunteering in the preschool area in week one. She once said to me, well, I did this in my last church, so I thought I could just do it here. And I was, thinking, I was thinking about it, and I did some quick research for you, Riley. I went through our service records. <laughs> I went through our service records. And I'm not just trying to make a point in regards, uh, I'm just trying to make a point, I'm serious. In regards to people who are unpaid around here, I don't think there is a single person in this church over the last four years that has served more hours in this church than you. Those four years include a global pandemic. <laughs> Riley has worked in the nursery, the toddler room, the preschool room. She was an intern. She's helped me do almost everything a volunteer could do in this church. And even right now, if I said, hey, will you jump on the live stream and go direct that real quick? You'd say, sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually out when we were in the kitchen area before youth group one time that I got to see Riley. We were talking about Christianity, um, and I was talking about this strange phenomenon of students who, you know, go to the redemption, who give their time and energy to this place and these people, yet they don't identify as Christians. They're kind of embarrassed of it for obvious reasons. And I was just asking you why you think that is or even if you think that's true. And I was curious what you thought. I, was I really was curious what you felt. And while we were discussing it, you looked at me with tears and said, no pastor or church has ever been curious about what I think. Ooh. Riley, this girl who has been living in radical fidelity to the people of God has never felt like she could question, think, or speak her side of the story to the church. To that, Riley, I say to you, I'm sorry. But it made me realize that God is bringing into the world through you the gift of apostleship. Apostleship is a strange gift, uh, and I'm stretching its meaning a bit. Uh, but Jesus surrounded himself with the 12 apostles. 
And each of these apostles came from all strata of life. The first 12 symbolically represent the people of God in number, the 12 tribes, 12 apostles, but also in identity. The 12 represented different kinds of groups from Israel. The gift of apostleship today is to be like these early 12, to force the people of God to change their minds because Jesus chose you to belong. The 12 simply brought their entire self and story into the community of Christ and shared, shared themselves with the people of God. And this morning, my invitation is for you to do the same. Your fidelity to us speaks for itself. Your wild energy, your subversive goodness, your character, your life speaks for itself. What God is bringing into the world through you is your story. Your story has the power to change the people of God. This is apostleship. Riley, we love you and we're proud of you. Avery Green. So Avery Green is a Swiss army knife of conversation. You can talk to Avery about sports, music, politics, philosophy, theology, people, places, travel, food. Avery is a master conversationalist. And in truth, I, like, I really like Avery. <laughs> she likes to hang out with her and talk to her. I like being around her. She's funny. She's insightful. She's irreverent, but always meaningful and earnest. And I've never seen someone that Avery couldn't walk up to and talk to. I've never seen this happen. And I do this occasionally. I will ask students who in, who in the... I, I will ask students in a youth group who they feel closest to. You know, like when you walk into youth group, who do you know that you can always go talk to? Avery is always mentioned constantly as someone that people feel unbelievably comfortable with. And that is her. She's always making you feel welcome, wanted, and loved. Avery knows you. However, you don't know Avery. <laughs> Avery is a master at not talking about herself. She'd rather debate the best potato chips or the placement of the donuts on Sunday morning. <laughs> However, this morning, Avery, we are talking about you. Uh, Avery, the gift that God is bringing into the world through you is interpretation. In the Bible, this is a very specific gift where people interpret a holy language. Um, it's very mysterious and strange. But for us this morning, the ability to interpret the mystery of people is what I mean when I say interpretation. Well, Avery is a good student. Math and science isn't your genius, right? Avery's genius is actually you. <laughs> Avery can read you like a book. I've never been around a kid that can take inventory of you so quickly and determine who you are, what you're about, and how to connect with you. And she does it so fast and so effortlessly, she thinks that's what everyone does. They don't. <laughs> they don't do that. Most people, most people can't think past their own nose, Avery. However, this gift does come with some pitfalls, um, and that might be sensitivity. Avery's ability to read you means she is extremely sensitive to her environments and the people in her life. And this often means at times, and, and I've seen it happen to you, you take on the feelings of other people in the room, and finding your own can get a little murky, right? But Avery, I want you to know that you live in an academic world that doesn't reward the gift that God is bringing into the world through you. I'm telling you that your genius is your sensitivity. It's exceptional. You can interpret for people the mystery of themselves and their lives. 
you can intuitively see past all the nonsense and you can feel what other people are feeling. It's amazing to watch. And I pray you never feel ashamed of this gift. I pray you never feel that it's worthless or that it's too much. I pray you know that you have been, you have been one of the most important people in building this youth group community back from COVID. Interpretation does require that you take care of yourself. Avery, we are so grateful for you and how you are wired. We love you and we're proud of you. Last one, Abby Hubbard. All right. Okay. Abby shared this story during her senior speech at youth group, but I need to share it again for you all. So Abby finally comes to youth group, uh, kicking and screaming in middle school, and it was a, it was a, her first night was a sacred space night, which happens a lot, by the way, I don't know, but if you don't know what that is, it's a night where we sit in the dark, often with a candle, and we contemplate our lives. <laughs> with middle schoolers, yeah. So this was, uh, this was the first night she came to one of them, and at this point in Abby's life, Abby was a middle schooler with a, this is, this is her, her words, not mine. Abby was a middle schooler with a master's degree and not feeling her feelings. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And sacred space, it, for her, sacred space did not go well. She walked up to me, stomped her foot, and said, I hate this. <laughs> and she said this while looking at me straight in the eyes. It was really intimidating. But over the next few years, she'd sit in class on Sunday morning, and I would teach, and she would aggressively battle, mostly internally, every word I would say. It's not like she was disruptive, but I could tell she was absolutely not going to just accept what I said. She's going to have to challenge everything. And so throughout my time knowing her, Abby has always been in a kind of conflict, mostly with herself. And a lot has happened, happened to Abby over the years, and every little thing lives in her, and she's always wrestling with it. She's wrestling with herself. But over the last year or so, out of this conflict has come something truly unexpected. Abby is a force of nature. She's whip-smart and extremely creative. In youth ministry circles, we call that the curse. <laughs> <laughs> to be smart and creative is awful for a teenager. But Abby is she is smart and creative but out of this internal conflict has come this gift abby i name in you the gift of mercy because you have never let your foot off the gas of making meaning of your life you have over the last year truly started to become at peace with yourself to accept yourself and your story and i've seen you do something extremely rare for a teenager you are becoming whole and there is a simplicity in you that has emerged out of years of complexity. <laughs> I don't mean you feel happy all the time, but you have included and are at peace when you aren't doing great. And you've sailed the waters so many times, you know exactly what to do when the storm hits. Another way of saying that is, you have through years of spiritual formation, therapy, creative outlets, school, friendship, farming, and relationships, you have found a way to be merciful to yourself. That gift is dynamic, and there are so many people here who want to be able to do that. It's not, and it's not just like, oh, I forgive you. Mercy is a wisdom to know when enough is enough. So, Abby, 
I know you have been through it through a lot over the last few years, and I also know you are beginning to love yourself the way God loves you. You're beginning to see yourself the way we see you. And out of the work, out of that work, comes someone who has great capacity for mercy. Inwardly, yes, but outwardly as well. Abby, we love you, and we're proud of you. So the reason we do this again, um, it, you just experienced it, it's that um, instead of a sermon, we talk about our kids, but then you start to realize this is the best sermon I've ever heard in my life, right? Their, their lives speak. Your lives speak and have been speaking to us for a long time, and, and we're so, so grateful. And Cole, thank you. Thanks for all the prep on that, too. Um, I'm going to ask our graduates if you would all come up here and just kind of line up in a line. I'm going to ask parents if you'll come up too, and, and family, grandmas and grandpas, if you want to pile in here, as well as anyone who has poured into their lives, um, our church staff, our, um, uh, anybody who taught them in elementary, preschool, or all the way up to small group leaders and stuff. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray a blessing for you guys in this moment. You have to kind of spread out. It's going to be a lot of us. And I'm going to just invite the congregation, if you would stand, please. And um, we're going to kind of mark this moment together um, again. And not just, not just to say how proud of you we are and, and that we see these gifts in you, but in this moment that you have our blessing, that, that we, we see who you are and who you're becoming, and we say yes to all these gifts that Cole has named in you this morning. So if you would just raise a hand toward them in a blessing, let's pray for them. Almighty God, you have created us all in your image and designed us for life with you, and today we give you thanks and praise for our graduates and their families our hearts rejoice at this great milestone in their lives. We thank you for each of these graduates and the way that they have blessed their families and our church so much already, and we are so proud of them. We celebrate in each of them the unique spiritual gifts Cole has named in them today, and we pray that they would look to you and to the church to know how to steward those gifts for the life of the world. And so we raise our hands toward them this morning, and we ask you to bless them on this day. We ask you to protect them from the powers of darkness and chaos, to keep them safe, to make them healthy and strong. We ask you to continue to help them to grow and to mature. And when they struggle... We pray, God, that they would sense how close you are to them, how much you love them, and that your presence in those moments would be a comfort to them. And we call them forward once again on this day to join with the body of Christ, to give their hearts to you, to stay connected to the church, to contend against evil, to fight for peace and justice in the world, to bear witness with their lives to the good news of Christ's redemption, 
And when things get difficult to reach out to you, Lord, and just hold on tight. And more than anything, we pray, as we have so many times before, that there would never be a single moment in their lives that they don't feel part of the people of God. And so we bless them and ask you to bless them on this day in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up one more time for our graduates. We're going to take just a few moments right now, and if you would just say hello to a few folks um, who are standing nearby you before we get on with communion.